to another episode of True North Nerds. This week, we are going to... uh, How many of these words can I fit in in one sentence? We're going to bodaciously bog down in the review of the... uh, I lost it. You lost it. Wow. (laughs) I was riffed. Uh, We're looking at Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, the new animated movie that uh, we will find out whether we enjoyed. As you may have heard off the top, uh, it's only two of the regulars and a slightly unknown voice. Um, uh, Jen and is uh, off in Kitchener with uh, our good friend of the show, Karina, doing uh, things that is probably draining my mortgage payments. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Kevin is off in Las Vegas. Draining a whole bunch his mortgage of, payment. Yeah, with a whole bunch of Star Trek people. Yep. So uh, we will get a report from Kevin when he gets back. But in order to tackle this movie, we did think we needed at least three people. So we called upon somebody we know who probably likes the turtles even more than I do. And it's our good friend who you've heard for numerous years at the end of this podcast, at the start of uh, Tales from the Collectorverse and all over the place. Our good friend Rex is joining us this week. How are you doing? Hey. Hello, everybody. <laughs> um, <laughs> Have you been on a regular episode, Rex? No, this is the first time we've had him on. This is my first regular episode. I did do a Disney Park special with Kevin. Right. I was yes. going to oh, say, I, yes. I thought you had been on before, but I couldn't, like, I don't think it was with me. So I was trying to figure out what it was. Yeah, no, this is the first one, and I will remember this forever. I'm so freaking excited. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so uh, Ryan, yes, uh, what's in the news this week? Ooh, okay. Well, we're gonna start off in a downer so we can build back up. Okay. Um, we did lose Paul Rubin uh, this week. He passed away at the age of seventy. Uh, he had been secretly battling cancer for the last couple of years. Um, he actually passed away on July thirtieth, um, and I left a note. For his, with, with, uh, when the family released their statement, they also released a, a note that he had penned to his fans uh, that he um, apologized for keeping his his battle secret, uh, and that he had just you know, it was one of those things he was just dealing with privately. And so, yeah, we all remember Paul Rubin as Pee Wee. I'm a rebel, daddy. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> I never watched Pee Wee's Playhouse. Oh my gosh. Yeah, me neither. It wasn't it wasn't a a staple in my house. I I think honestly, it's um part of it was I like my dad's a pretty cool and open guy, 
for whatever reason, he hated Pee Wee Herman. So it didn't like <laughs> it, it wasn't of, really it that him. uncommon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, the show yeah, was um, a lot of. Uh... <laughs> I, I got sick of hearing that, and people that know me got sick of hearing that because when that was on, I ran around doing that all the time. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> the word That's of the day it. is. It's it's interesting to see like the the large cross section of people who were like huge fans of him. Yeah. Right. And like, and also like, I didn't realize like how old he actually was either like because he just sort of seems ageless in a weird way he still always looked like peewee like you how you would think of him so yeah and you know he, he it's one of those things too like you always think of him as peewee herman he was on a lot of stuff yeah like after that even right so yeah one of and the, uh, one of ahead, the impressive right? things that i found out was that birthdays were super super uh, important to him so there's like every single celebrity um, uh, rest in peace message that I've seen is uh, a thank you to all the birthday messages and Christmas messages that they received from him. So he he would uh, make personalized videos to each and every person. And some, some of them he would send like six, seven, eight, nine messages a day on their birthday. So that oh, was wow. pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it's weird, like it, it, as is well noted on the show, Ryan and I are pro wrestling fans and to see, like, there was a little bit of a cross, like, it's it's one of those, like, weird, like, bridges is he was yes. good friends with David Arquette. And David Arquette uh, has gone on to be a little bit of a pro wrestler in the last couple of years. There's a great documentary about it. But he, one of the guys he worked with is a guy who works for AEW here and there called RJ City. And RJ just has like a bunch of stories that all revolve around Paul Rubens. Like um, at one point, uh, he he tells the story about how for their tag team, uh, Arquette wanted them to wear Pee Wee Herman tights. Um, And RJ said, uh, asked for permission and uh, Paul Rubens said no. And David got them made anyways, with the quote of, once he sees them, he'll love them. And we sent <laughs> these pics, and there's, like, pictures of these tights to Paul, and he did not. <laughs> <laughs> I made David apologize, and we never wore them again. I'm having a flashback of when uh, Pee Wee was in the ring, and I can't remember who he was up fighting against but then uh he said he was going to call his cousin out and out comes the big show dressed like peewee herman oh oh yeah that was that was during the era of raw when uh they had a guest host and and he was one of the guests so i think it was during like the the peewee revival on broadway maybe yeah that that's a, oh, an awesome flashback <laughs> yeah and like there's so many other people like giving like these nice stories and stuff and one of the other good ones that like i suggest our our listeners take a look at is uh elvira cassandra peterson because i had completely forgotten they were really good like old friends because they had both started in uh the groundlings improv troupe like at the same time oh wow oh and to think of like two people whose career paths kind of went like completely different ways but 
he was college roommates with David Hasselhoff. Wow. So that's that's what uh, David Hasselhoff was posting. Uh, oh, I wouldn't man. be surprised. Yeah, that's it's, awesome. It's a, they'd be around the same age, so it makes sense. And wh- like, why would you lie about that, too? Right? Well, Talking well, about diverging just, paths. Yeah. <laughs> well, in the original script for Ghostbusters and some of the original like drawings when they were plotting it out, they wanted him to be Gozer. Yeah. So Gozer was going to appear, you know, it was going to be Paul Rubin, and he he passed on it, and then we got what we got. But it's a it'd be a very different movie and feel. I think if it, all of a sudden like this, yeah, Gozer shows up and you're like, hey, that's Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> no doubt. But at, at the same time, you look at the the makeup choice they they made for Gozer. Yeah, you can kind of see it. Like there's some leftover in there. Except oh. for that, the suit. Like, I guess in the drawings, no. they, had, they actually had, like, it would have been in, like, a suit and stuff, so. Oh, okay. And a bow tie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, rest in peace, Paul Rubens. Uh, sad, unfortunately, that uh, the, this has occurred. Yeah. And, and a reminder that uh, cancer doesn't care who you are. So. And get, we are get, getting get, old. Get yourself checked out. <laughs> Oh, okay, moving on. Um, okay, so we've been, we've talked about the the ongoing saga of the strikes and stuff. Uh, so there's some news from Warner Brothers Discovery uh, claiming that uh, if the strike continues through the end of the year, uh, it will save them a hundred million dollars. Well, good for you, big studio, saving money. <laughs> wow, hashtag goals. Yeah, uh, and that followed up with they also revealed that they lost nearly. 2 million streaming subscribers with their rebranding of HBO Max to Max. Uh, now, they believe in part, that part of that is from people who had uh, both a HBO Max and a Discovery subscription and then dropped one or the other when they merged. But, you know, they, that's still that's a lot of money right there that they, you know, lost by doing their big Max conversion. And then they just, now they're also trying to get you know, pique people's interest by saying that they're going to be adding uh, live sports and news to expand their content lineup. Which, I guess they also, part of that, they own CNN. So, you know, that could be added to Max. Uh, Then the one thing that kind of interests Brent and I is that uh, AEW stuff could be soon getting added to um, the Max streaming service, which only works for us if they also add it to Crave. Because we can't get Max in Canada, but we have Crave, which has a lot of Max stuff. So, if they bring back Max Headroom to be their spokesperson, <laughs> I'll they totally should. subscribe. <laughs> I wonder who Matt Brewer is still though. around. Max Headroom. Uh, ooh, hey, we talked about the One Ring that was made the Magic Gathering card that was found from by a Toronto collector, and he finally sold it. And he sold it to Post Malone, who Brent, I didn't inform you, because I didn't know this ahead of time, because I don't really pay attention to Magic the Gathering much, uh, or Post Malone, but apparently he's a huge Magic the Gathering and Lord of the Rings fan. So I have been told. Um, he's also one of those guys that uh, every time I see him on something, because like he, he is definitely one of those people that you should not judge the book by his cover because he's covered in tattoos 
including some, uh, shall we say, not-so-smart ones on his face. Mm. <laughs> but every time I see him actually do interviews and stuff, I'm always kind of amazed at the, the fact that he he does strike me as a smart and kind of witty guy. Like, he, he was on... Um, what was he? Oh, he was on uh, Mythical Kitchen's Last Meals this week, where they they do a show where they make you your what you, if you were like going out tomorrow kind of thing. What your last meal, like perfect world, what it would be, and he's talking about a lot of stuff and like he's funny and just like he's pretty cool in in that sort sort of thing. Uh, his music, uh, uh, I'm. I don't really know anything other than the one song that's on uh, the first Spider-Verse movie. <laughs> but yeah, he's been he's been buying up magic cards for a while. Like he is he is a legit collector of them and not yeah. like in the 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 douchey uh, Paul Brothers Pokemon card way. Yeah. <laughs> well, I saw a picture of him holding on to what I don't know if they were the like film props or the, the actual props or just replicas, but it looked like he had like the head of the one uh, dark, uh, the one of the bad guys from Lord of the Rings. One that can't be killed by any man that gets killed, you no know, killed by yeah, a yeah. woman. It looked like he had hit like his head, or 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 maybe it was the the you know the big the main big bad's head you know holding on to it, and then he also had like the what the the finger with the ring on, with the one ring on it. So I don't know if those were actual props or just like replicas or something, but it's like, but he's still, you know, saying they're holding both of those with big smiles on his face. So it's like, okay, yeah, he's a geek. How much and, did he pay uh, for the card? They haven't said. It's the, there was basically like offers out for over $2 million. So everybody figures it's somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. Ooh. Now he may have gotten a bit of a discount because apparently the, the guy who found it, is a big fan, and one of the he said, uh, I guess one in like an interview around, you know, in the in the story with the sale was that uh, when he first found it, one of the first things he thought of was was him, like was Post Malone, and if he, you know, if, you know, if he was going to show an interest in it or about it, you know, and he's very happy that to sell it to him because of the connection and the sale and or the the fact that he's a, a real fan and it wouldn't just be put away and. Used as some, you know, by some collector somewhere. Yeah. And yeah so here, here's an example. I, I, I pulled up one. Um, the, you know, that's that sort of antique flea market. Well, that like toy sort of flea market Frankensons that we see videos of out in California. Yep. Uh, apparently, he went to a collectible show there in April of 2021 and bought like a bunch of expensive ma- magic cards. Um, TMZ reported somewhere around in the thousands of dollars. So uh, I guess maybe he felt he needed to top that this weekend. <laughs> wow. Uh, so that, that that was cool. So then we know where it's gone, and we will never see it again. Um. Oh, so there's, I guess there's, there's an interview being floating around of uh, with a video of Gal Gadot where she says that um, she talked with James Gunn and DC Studios, and they are still working on a Wonder Woman 3. That'd be pretty cool. My wife will be super happy. Apparently, oh, yeah, she, she's, no. a, she's a huge Wonder Woman fan, as, we, oh, as nice. it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's been great in the role, 
And it also makes sense now as why we have seen of a you know she's been the one consistent cameo in the last few DC movies, even with the like the the change and the bringing on board of James Gunn and the other guy. You know, we saw Ben Affleck in the last in the Flash, but then well, then we also saw him get written out of that movie. So yeah. So here's hoping that uh, comes around. Um, okay, we got some new trailers this week. Did everybody see Loki season two's trailer? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks so good. Uh, yeah, it just yeah, it looks great. Um, I've seen reports people wondering about you know with where you see him kind of glitching. If that's going to be like a connection to like with him, like, so they're saying it's hit, he's. He's time glitching or time hopping, but will it turn out to be similar to what goes on in like Spider Verse with the like dimension skip? You know, when they're in somebody else's dimension and they start glitching, it's kind of a way to connect those like that movie again to the rest of the MCU. Uh, the other thing that I thought was interesting from just like you know looking at it from the cynical like political point of view is. Um, it doesn't look like they're backing down on using, like using Kang as part of the promotion because he is front and center in those, in those trailers. Yep. And given what is going on in Jonathan Major's uh, personal life right now, it, it wouldn't have been surprising if Disney had backed off. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it sounds like, at least for one of those charges, he still hasn't had his day in court, and it got postponed again by, like, a month or two, so. Yeah, apparently, like, again, we are not lawyers, or, like, there's a a whole (laughs) mess of stuff going on, but apparently, I was reading in, I think it was New York Times, that the, uh, the accusers fled the country, which, that, like... That hmm. that can say multiple different things about, about yeah. this whole mess. So wow, plot like, twist. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah. Other than that, like it, like looks just as fun as the first season. So yeah, and to, uh, it'll be interesting to see. You know, we do see in one of the scenes when he glitches and shows up someplace. Uh, he still shows up right beside a set of jet skis. So if we remember wow. from the first movie, uh, cool. the first season, yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's such a big fan, you know. He wanted jet to try to ride jet skis. Maybe we'll get to see that. Ciao. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. We also. I don't. Know, uh, I know Brent has been watching. Rex, have you been watching Murders in the Building? Uh, only sorry, only murders in the building. Have you watched that? I have I, not been watching it. Jen has been watching it. I, oh, I actually I have haven't, but I'm oh. so glad that you said that because we've been looking for something new to watch, and we just finished watching The Office for the upteenth time, uh, front to back. So um, that I think would be a, a worthy uh, show to start into. Oh yes, no, you you both will love it. Uh, and we just got the trailer for season three, which is coming our way, I think, in uh, in the fall, at the end of the summer, sometime. Sometime soon, actually. Maybe it's not this month. Maybe it does start this month. Huh. I don't know. I didn't look that deep into it. But I watched the trailer, and it looks like it's going to be another fun one. So nice. They are uh, a great team, those three. So 
they work well together. And uh, Meryl Streep's getting added in this season, right? Yeah, and and Paul Rudd. And Paul Rudd. Yeah, is he playing himself? He might be because he's one of the uh, he's he's, a, he's an actor in the uh, in the the pl- in the musical or in the show that uh, Martin Short's character is putting on. Oh, okay. So he may be playing himself. I'm not sure. That Paul Rudd guy, man, it's nice that somebody's throwing some work his way. Yeah, it's <laughs> nice to see him finally get a little success, eh? <laughs> Uh, and last but not least, just today, I saw that they put out a new trailer for I Am Groot Season 2. For those I little, actually those... didn't even know Season 1 was out when I saw oh, it, no. that you posted that. Uh, <laughs> that's a show you can do in like an hour, because they're, yeah. they're all just shorts. Uh, okay, this makes yeah. more sense. Oh yeah, no, they're like maybe like 10 minutes tops each, and there's like 5 or 6 of them. They're, they're, they're cute, it's like Groot on little adventures, and it's like it's baby Groot or like no, well like young Groot. So yeah, it's, they're pretty cute. Um, okay, we got reports, Star Wars reports. Apparently, Donald Glover and Stephen Glover are apparently co-writing a series focusing on Lando. Well, I assume they're not writing it right now, but uh, you know, when they get back to writing things. Right. Good call. Hello, mm-hmm. strike. <laughs> yeah. But that, those are the reports coming out. That now, once again, nothing official from from Disney on the Star Wars, you know. But um, I guess it could be interesting. I think it'd be cool if it's a combination show that maybe shows like flashback to Donald Glover, Lando, and flash forward to old Lando. I would like that more than if it was just prequel stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Not not a massive. I don't know. Prequels to me are all about uh, answers, but I like movies that are more about questions. And now I have questions. What's it going to be about? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. There was a news story this week. Hasbro was looking to have... uh, all of the well, a whole bunch of their old Transformers video games uh, that were made by Activision Blizzard added to Microsoft Game Pass for Xbox. Uh, then it came to light that there's a problem with that in that um, nobody at Activision Blizzard knows where the original game files are. Oof. <laughs> uh, so Activision Blizzard was recently acquired by Microsoft Studios, hence the reason why it would be easy to put those games on Game Pass. Um, but yeah, no, they figure uh, for, uh, uh, the reports at first were like, um, yeah, no, those things are lost. No one knows where they are. Then they kind of backpedal things and like, okay, well, there's all kinds of hard drives that nobody's looked at in a long time stored in this other place, you know, that room in the basement that no one goes into. And so with the new acquisition, it's pretty much one of those jobs. It's going to be someone's job to go through a lot of these files and find stuff and look at what they got <laughs> So they're hoping that it'll be found fairly easily or quickly, and uh, we could be seeing games like uh, War for Cybertron added to that uh, service. Now, I watch or- transform and sell out. Exactly. <laughs> um, has anyone started watching season two of Good Omens? Not yet. I gotta wait till Jen gets home. 
I watched the first two episodes today. It's pretty good. Um, and so with that release, uh, Neil Gaiman just says uh, he's already planned and plotted a third season. Now, there's been no you know, go-ahead given to it, but he has it ready to be made. I guess if, if it ever gets greenlit. So there's that for those uh, Good Omen fans. And then my last chunk of news with all the ongoing strikes, of course, it's been Sony's turn now to move and delay upcoming movie releases. So here's the here we go. Uh, apparently, they were working on a fourth Bad Boys sequel. That doesn't surprise me. Um, it's been moved to June fourteenth of next year. I don't know what its original date was, considering it's still in as untitled Bad Boys sequel. Uh, Venom, the next Venom sequel, has been moved to July 12th of next year. Um, of all, this one was a funny one. So Madam Web has been moved from February 16th to February 14th. So it actually mm. got moved up a couple of days. So happy Valentine's Day. Let's go see Madam Web. <laughs> Well, to be fair, it worked for Deadpool. Uh, it did. It did. You're right. Uh, this one made me sad. The untitled Ghostbusters sequel that was scheduled for release this December now won't be out until March. Wah, March wah. 29th. Wah, wah, indeed. And then this one made me even more sad. Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse is TBD. No. Oh. Yep. Now, this also goes along with a lot of the reports that were came out when the when the movie was in theater when the when the Across the Spider Verse was in theaters or into the, yeah, and uh, they were saying, oh yep, yeah, it'll be out next March, no problem. And they started hearing these reports from animators like, um, I don't know what they're talking about. We've barely started the next one. It's not coming out next March. Yeah. So. What so almost- animation takes time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You almost wonder if the strike is being used as the excuse. Oh, it, oh for it, reality is it probably wasn't going to be done early anyways. Yeah. Now, an interesting one, because we recently <laughs> discussed this trailer, the movie we never asked for, Craven the Hunter, was supposed to be out this October. Uh, will not be seeing the light of day now until next August. Yeah. As soon as you said they were going to be delays from Sony, that's the one I was hoping would be delayed the most. <laughs> exactly. The one that nobody they will shed a tear over. Now, this one's for you, Rex. Did you know they were making another Karate Kid movie? I did know. Because <laughs> um, I didn't, and I didn't know. Well, I have no idea what it's supposed to be about. But what I do know is it's been moved from December 13th of 2024 to June seventh of twenty twenty four, so they could, a movie that they, I don't think they've even started making. They've moved up. Oof. Apparently, the the series is so popular that they decided to go back to the theater with it. And I believe what I heard was that it's going to be a continuation of the series. So like like, of uh, of like Cobra Kai. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, good. If they keep those characters in that universe, I'm on board. If we go back to Karate Kid, the Kung Fu movie, that was not karate at all. Oh, the yeah. one with oh, Jackie Chan no. and yeah. Will Smith's kid? 
Yeah. Now, if they want to bring Jackie Chan into the Karate Kid movies and TV and and and, and series, I'm okay with that because Jackie Chan's awesome. <laughs> but I don't know why they called that movie Karate Kid because he wasn't learning karate. I, at least the the one saving grace of that whole movie, I think, was the fact that they actually mention in the movie that, like, I think the the Karate Kid character was it Jaden Smith. He yeah. says at one point, "Mom, it's kung fu, not karate." Yeah. But, <laughs> And isn't it like it takes place in a world where I think the Karate Kid movies exist, don't they? Like, isn't there like it isn't that like one of the jokes that like they they talk about in the movie? I, I could be wrong. I haven't oh, seen I don't, it in forever. Yeah, I don't same. remember. It's been one of those. That's one of those movies. I watched it once. Yeah. And if I've ever seen it again, it's because I turned on the TV and it happened to be on. And I watched it for five minutes until I ch- the first commercial break and changed the channel again. I. I only really remember it from the fact that uh, I saw an interview with Jackie Chan, and when he first got the offer for it, he was he, he, it was basically along the lines of like, "Hey, do you want to do the Karate Kid?" And I guess he wasn't like familiar with the original movies at all, and he's like, "Oh, okay, so who's going to play like my master mentor character?" Because <laughs> <laughs> he was so used to like for the longest time, like especially if you look at like probably the first thirty movies that he did, he's like he's the kid character, right? That he's totally makes guy. sense. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. I was, that's the, you want to be the fly on the wall for that one? Like, um, no, Jackie, you'll be the master. Yeah, you're, you're not going to be the kid in this Karate Kid movie. You and, are pushing seventy. Yeah, and finally, Doug clicks in. You look oh. young, but there is no way anybody's going to mistake you for a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody has the guts to tell Jackie Chan he grew up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's it for my news stuff. Anybody got anything else that they saw? No, um, just that, like, you mentioning the strikes, it's, you know, it, it, uh, quite honestly, they are fighting the good fight, like, all, both the the actors and the, yep. uh, the, the screenwriters, and I don't care if things get postponed or not, uh, as long as, like, because some of the stuff that, you know, that is being talked about here is, like, just from a general labor perspective point of view is just shitty just on a whole absolutely <laughs> like to, to be an extra and like they want you to sign your like image your away likeness. yeah away for in perpetuity for one day's worth of work yeah no. yeah and like just it, with the pure fact that like you know it would be it, it would be different if you if they were pitching it like and you get residuals every time it happens like you they use you yeah That'd be one thing, but it's it's not. <laughs> no, because it really, it's like, it'd be a stupid thing for anybody to agree to, considering it's like, yeah, you, you're really, you're putting yourself out of work. Because if they have your picture already, they can just plop you in and have you do whatever they want anytime without paying you. Why do they need you? I do like that the, a lot of the A-listers are, are stepping up, too, and they're donating to the fund that um, helps the... Uh, you know, B, C, and D listers out. Um, yeah. There's there's a list of about a dozen of them that have donated a million or more, and the only one I can remember is The Rock. The Rock, the Rock seemed to be the first one, and then other people have piled on. And then there's the other things like I know Drew Carey 
uh, has said if you are on the picket line, and I guess sort of like central to all the picket lines, there's like a Bob's Big Boy Burger or something like that. And basically he is he is taking care of your lunch. Like if you go in there and present <laughs> your SAG card or whatever, like he's paying for it. So, nice. you know, that, that's it, those little things. Because that's the thing is, you see the argument online is like, oh, all these big movie stars are like, no, it's not the big guys who are going to get screwed over in this. Like, and like people like Tom Cruise is, will be okay no matter how this shakes out. But it's all the little people. Like yeah. it's the, like the, or the guys that like, we often joke about the, the guy in that thing, right? Like yeah. it's those character actors who like, do they make a decent living being a character actor and show up on every version of Law and Order and NCIS and all that? Yeah, but are they making millions upon millions of dollars? Well, goodness no. no. <laughs> so it's it's nice to see some of these bigger guys step up and try to help out as well because it's you know there's that. And a lot of them started off at that point too. Like they, yeah. you know, not every one of them was like overnight movie star making millions of dollars. So it's it's good to see them giving back and fighting yeah. the good fight, right? Like not just saying, "Oh, well, we should just give in and get back to work." And it um, also, I find it also kind of interesting how um, some productions are trying to skirt around certain things in order to like keep going or start. And then when the story comes out that they're doing that, it, everything automatically stops, yeah. which is also kind of good. <laughs> uh, I did see something too about, I guess some, there was an interview or some quotes from Stephen Amell that were taken out of context, right? They used part of his quote and not the whole. Oh, okay. Blurb. I wasn't going to mention it because I hadn't read the, the full article. Yeah. I've no, so the, the clickbait he, head headline. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the clickbait headline is that he's against the strike or against strikes. Yeah, he came out and said, yeah, he doesn't like striking, but he understands why and what were they're, what were, what they're striking over and totally supports the his his union or like the, the you know, his group and both groups and just he, you know, it's just, yeah, no one likes a strike. No one wants to not work. But you understand when you have to, if you know. So, yeah. but of course they just put the headlines out there that Stephen Amell against the strike. Like, yeah, but that that's clickbait <laughs> on a whole, right? Yeah, like, that's how it we works. See it every day. Already, Chittenden against the strike. I mean, what? What? <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> the opposite. Um. Alrighty. So from uh, the news, we go into the review of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mutant Mayhem, the new Calabunga. animated, yeah, the new uh, animated film from uh, what studio is actually putting it out? Oh, it's Nickelodeon, so it's uh, Paramount, I think. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, this movie heavily focuses on the teenage part of the title, uh, the teenage and the mutant part, not so much the ninja part, but that's okay. Um, so let's, uh, let's start off with our guest reviewer, uh, Rex, what did you think of this film? You saw it actually a day before we did. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I actually almost went to a sneak preview of it, um, but I wanted to wait. I've never been to a 4D theater before, 
So I gave it a shot, and it, my review may be slightly skewed by the fact that it felt like we were sitting in a roller coaster the whole time. Oh, okay. I was going to ask that. So you went for like the the full motion seats and all that stuff. Oh yeah, it's okay. it's like uh, D box on steroids. Um, the f- there's four seats together that all move in unison. Um, in, and uh, it it it's not quite like uh, Great Canadian Mindbuster level roller coaster, but if you've ever been on the Ghoster coaster at Canada's Wonderland, it's <laughs> it's very similar to that. So um, keep that in mind. That being said, this is probably already my second favorite Ninja Turtle movie. Um, Ooh, high praise! I, I I had issues with it for sure because I'm OG black and white comic uh, since the beginning. Um, since uh, well, the first comic is out in '84. I was introduced to it in '86 um, by my best friend that I didn't marry, my buddy Gordy, um, because my best friend that I did marry is my wife Rochelle. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, Gordy was the first person that actually introduced me to the nerddom and uh, converted me full on to the dork side, and in, and made me realize that it was quite fine to be a nerd, and so. Uh, it, it, forever my life was changed by Gordy and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because I discovered and we could do a whole episode just on my love of Ninja Turtles. Um, but I discovered that not only were there people out there like me, like Gordy, but there were people out there like Gordy and I making a living as being people like Gordy and I. And so when I heard the backstory of how they borrowed some money from Kevin Eastman's uncle and turned it into this take a shot that became an accidental almost uh, craze. Um, I thought, oh yeah, this is this is life changing. So it wasn't just the fact that there was a cool comic called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that made me fall in love with the turtles. It was the whole package. So um, that being said, the original comic, um, I, I miss some of the ties that they had, like the whole Japanese backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, should we say that there's spoilers? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah I guess we're, of course. Gonna, we're gonna spoil the crap out. I think when you see this movie, it's fairly like the story is pretty predictable and not in a bad way. Yeah. Like they're not trying to reinvent the wheel. You can pretty much see the beats for where they are. So I don't think we'll be spoiling it too bad in terms of that sort of stuff, but there there's some character things in here that we're probably gonna talk about that might be spoiled. And I found I really it interesting. always spoil everything. So people should know that by now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I did, I did like that. So they didn't bring a lot of the, the Japanese background in with, uh, Splinter. And I don't even remember them even referring to him as Splinter. They just keep, the turtles just kept calling him dad. Um, no, they did call him Splinter. I think, uh, once or twice. It's and not then it was often written, though. And no, and okay. it was written a few times too. I think on like in some of the graffiti or stuff. You know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Like on the walls and things like that. Yeah, see, again, that 4D theater. So the seats are moving. There's fans kicking in and out. There's smoke being sprayed. There's different scents going on. There's, uh, like, strobe lighting happening. Um, It's a a ride through a movie, man. It's a real trip. (laughs) (laughs) But um, the other – the one thing that they did bring back, though, from the early comics was they changed TGRI back to TCRI, which is um, – Oh, I can't remember what it stands for. Techno. Cosmic. Cosmic. Yes. Research Institute. So that to me and the the last name of the one, there's one character 
that is um, basically she's searching uh, for Baxter Stockman. Uh, I think I think she's going to be a, a Krang. Like uh, I was, I thought that's what they were going to show at the end when when we saw yeah. her again and they, with the bonus scene and stuff. Yeah, I had like I looked it up when we were in the theater to see if there's a bonus scene, and it does. And all I read was there's a bonus scene, and it shows a returning original like villain. I was like, ooh, and with her name and everything, I was like, oh. And then when she popped up, I was like, oh crap, are they yeah. going to be a Krang? Because her name is Cynthia Utrom. Yep. Yeah, and that's what the Krang characters are, right? So yeah, and now um, to add to the this conspiracy theory. I didn't realize it until I watched a bunch of videos afterwards on the on the movie, just like to see if I missed any Easter eggs for and talk about them on the show. One of the ones I didn't realize is she is how to put this in uh, how to put this. Her style is inspired by the original animated series Crank. Like if you look at her, she's wearing like box sunglasses, like square sunglasses. Her color yeah. scheme is similar. It's not exact, Subtle. But, but the line work on her as well. So like she's wearing a suit in it. But whereas like if you remember the original like Krang robot body from the animated series, he had like kind of like battle suspenders. You know, he had like the yep. the shoulder pads and then there was bands from those that went down to like the Krang compartment, right? If you look at her jacket, the the lines of her collar match up kind of with that idea. Yeah, like she's totally going to be a Krang in the next movie or the yeah, series. Yeah, and it's oh, definitely totally. like a nod to that original like animated series design of Krang. So, yeah. The uh, the other thing I wasn't too keen on was actually at the end where all of a sudden. They're just going to be regular teenage boys and join the real world and go to high school. So yeah, that not, was odd. Not very ninja like. I mean, I remember when they did that with like Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> it just seemed kind of an odd choice, but you know, it is what it is. But beyond that, I, uh, the action was fantastic. The laughs were great. The pop culture references were uh, right on par. We were laughing out loud. Um, for sure. And uh, I plan on seeing it again soon. Actually, I was hoping to get a chance to see it again before we recorded this, but time didn't allow for it. So <laughs> definitely we'll be going to see it again. So, yeah. So in in order uh, prior to this, the movies, uh, they basically were in the order that they came out were my favorites. But now this is bumped Secret of the Use into uh, third spot. And this is now my second favorite of oh, the Turtle cool. films. Nice. Alrighty. So, um, how many people were in your theater? For your it show? was actually pretty packed, but it was again the 4D theater, so it was it's a smaller theater because I guess mm. they had to take a lot of seats out to put all the, the uh, yeah. Hmm. yeah mechanisms in place. But it was it was pretty full, and when we were uh, up at the counter getting our snacks, so I have my Ninja Turtle shirt on, my Ninja Turtle hat on, my Ninja Turtle baseball jersey on, I, my Ninja Turtle socks on. Like I'm decked out. There's there's no doubt what like, movie I'm oh, going into. Except oh, so you're for here the, to see Oppenheimer? <laughs> well, the guy asking for the tickets was like, "And what movie are you going to see?" And then he looks and he goes, "I can't believe I just asked you that." And then the guy beside him goes, "Did you really just ask him that?" <laughs> so, but behind us, 
there's me, and then there's a bunch of six and seven and eight year olds with their parents, and they're all decked out just like the fifty one year old guy in front of them. <laughs> but they were, you know, they were carrying their Ninja Turtle swords, and and one kid gifted a Ninja Turtle set of nunchucks to a kid behind him, like they were having a birthday party or something. And I looked behind, and I was, I you know, a little tear. I was like so happy. <laughs> well. So when we went and saw it, there might have been 10 people in the theater. Oh, I should say that I saw it in Ottawa, too, at one of the, the bigger theaters. So, yeah. Okay. yeah, that's good. But yeah, no, so we went, but we also, so we went to the like 710 on a th- Friday night here in Barrie. And yeah, there's probably like 10 people in the theater. And it's, you know, half of those were children. <laughs> The other half were, well, three of us and guardians for those other children. <laughs> um, one of the funniest things that I did here after the movie was done, the little girl sitting in, in the row behind me said to, I'm assuming her mom, um, I didn't pee on you. <laughs> and her mom was like, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> we might do this again. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, before the movie started, there was I did hear the conversation asking, saying, "Oh, is this the first time you guys have been?" They were kind of asking out loud, which I thought I wasn't sure if there was a mom or like a, the aunt or like somebody else that brought them because they were asking them if it was their like first time seeing a, a movie in the theater. So, but uh, you know, they were kids; they made some noise, but it's fine. You know, this one, this is a movie for kids, and those ones are kids at heart. Yeah, so. You can't fault kids for being at the movie and having a good time at the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So in in terms of box office, because we briefly brought it up there, uh, it opened fourth this weekend by the looks of things. Um, It is uh, number one was Barbie, which is uh, going over the uh, $1 billion mark apparently already. Yep. Which is, it makes it the, I think it's the second biggest movie in theaters this year behind super mario okay um then uh in number two spot is the movie you're waiting with bated breath to see is the meg two the trench uh there's a twelve thirty showing tomorrow afternoon that i may be going to go see <laughs> last time i checked there were no seats sold which would be really awesome if i got to go watch that all by myself <laughs> then it's uh oppenheimer uh, and uh, which it should be noted, one of the thing, one of the only things that's hampering Oppenheimer in terms of this sort of stuff is that because of its long runtime at three hours, yeah. it's getting less screenings. Yep. Um. So Oppenheimer, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, with turtles beating out poor Haunted Mansion, a movie that doesn't look bad, but it just opened the wrong weekend, and yep. it's it's just getting hampered from all sides. It's uh, whoever made that decision. To play, you know, you know your good summer movie, The Haunted Mansion. Yeah, let's not put it out. You know, in October, around Halloween. Imagine. No. Yeah. Part of, part of me wonders if the reason why it's out this early is so it can hit Disney Plus for October. Yeah, but they don't make as much money off of it that way. It's just yeah, more views, I, right? Yeah, it's but a, especially with all this talk that they've been having about. Oh, people, you know, but movies not making money and because people just want to watch streaming. It's like, yeah. well, then don't 
do things like this and put movies out at the wrong time of year. So uh, outside, like outside of the top five, then we go to uh, Sound of Freedom, which I could rant oh, all day damn. about this terrible movie that I ha- like. Normally, I will not say a movie is terrible without seeing it, but everything surrounding this movie is just terrible BS. Well, the, the ticket sales for that movie are just BS because you just have these groups buying out whole theaters. Yeah, and you see, like, that's, but that's why you get those videos of people showing up. And then being mad they can't see it because they won't sell them tickets. And then showing it's an empty theater. It's like, well, it's not the movie theater's fault. Yeah, it's the the various churches that are buying it out. Not to mention that, like, uh, apparently one of the giant financiers of this movie uh, just got busted for child porn. So take with that with (laughs) what you will. Um, Followed by Sound of Freedom is the new Mission Impossible movie, which seems like that seems like a steep drop. It's already down to seventh place. Uh-huh. Uh, the A24 horror movie Talk to Me, uh, which looks really cool, but uh, super low budget. So it's like it's probably doing OK where it is. Um, and uh, Indiana Jones is still in the, the top ten. It's at ninth place. And uh, rounding out the top ten is Elemental, which means uh, Guardians has probably finally finished its run in theaters. Well, it is on Disney Plus, so I would think yeah, that, but that some theaters might still be running yeah. it. I think it, I don't know. It might have been at the drive-in this weekend. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but uh, what, what did you guys think of the uh, the outdoor movie scene that the turtles uh, snuck to? <laughs> oh, that was great. <laughs> yeah. This movie had so many like '90s references and music and everything that like, you, you think you kind of forget wait a minute this is a movie made in 2023 aimed at like 10 and 12 year old like kids like yeah when superfly walks in and starts quoting nwa <laughs> yeah i'm like i i i giggled you know kids aren't gonna get that but it's like you know their parents will yeah we did get uh, what four seconds of ninja rap too, vanilla ice. Yes. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Brent and I popped for that. Um, I was really hoping Turtle Power would also make a a uh, little bit of a showing, but that didn't happen. Oh, Rex, I have to ask: um, Did either one of those songs get played at the wedding after I left? No, which shocked me. Ah. Oh. Yeah, See, I didn't I was, go and ask him because I figured somebody else would have already had that all set up. So those were the two uh, <laughs> two get me off the onto the dance floor uh, songs that I put down, uh, and neither of them. Uh, but to be fair, they did play the Pokemon theme song, so they did. So yeah. they did have that one. <laughs> yes, that was my son's wedding a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of pop culture references, a bone. Oh my yep. gosh. It was, it was pretty exciting. Yeah, that was a good time. Um, so, Brent, what did you think of the movie? I I super liked it. it nice. Is, it, How much um, did you like it, Brent? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the the uh, I went and bought Leonardo. Like we drove to Walmart right after we saw the movie. We, we walked out of the movie. And he's like, ah, oh. I'm like, and I looked at him and I'm like. So do you want me to drive us to Walmart now, or can you wait till later? He's like, wait. So that wasn't a quick grab at the theater. Like you actually said, I'm going to get this. After that's awesome. 
Yeah. Yep. It was also aided, but Jen wanted some sinus pills so she could help, you know, some sleepy sinus medication. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I will drive us to Walmart so Brent can buy his toys. I just picture that in that order. I need to go buy a Leonardo. Oof, I need something that can help me sleep. <laughs> yeah, pretty much what it was. Now, the the other, like, interesting thing about this movie, like, it, like I, I love the animation, as I've been kind of joking, is uh, TMNT Mutant Mayhem. Definitely, while they didn't outright steal, uh, like, and copy uh, Spider-Verse's homework, they definitely looked over on their page to see what they were doing. For and, sure. <laughs> and, but to be fair as well, they took the right lessons from it. Like, this does not look like Spider-Verse at all. Um, but it like they did go with the idea of you can do this style of animation and it doesn't have to be super clean anymore. Yeah. Like it, just, it just can be like it, uh, interesting and different. And I like I love this the animation in it because that was that was honestly my two big worries with this movie was the animation was going to get like tired on me like. 15 20 minutes in which it did not and that i thought the fact that when they first started announcing like there was that trailer that announced all the celebrity voiceovers for this movie i thought there was a chance we were going to be running into a like a like a batman sequel situation where it's more about all the celebrity cameos and villains than it is about the four main characters the, like the turtles in it and that was not the case either which was really cool i like the way they blended the live action ferris bueller too mm. with yeah. the animated similar to spider-verse but i at first i thought oh yeah this is very spider-verse like but then i to- didn't have that thought again until the end of the movie like it wasn't that much of a connect uh, of similarity yeah um and the so I should also say this movie is like from ground up Seth Rogen and I think his name's Adam Goldberg, his production partner uh, from ground up. They knew that, Oh, Brent's going to like this movie and we're going to make him like this movie. (laughs) First of all, it's a Ninja Turtles movie. We know Brent is going to like Ninja Turtles. He's slightly critical, but that that gets us to like the 50% thing. You know what else we're going to do? We're going to fill the soundtrack with 90s hip-hop, the era of hip-hop Brent actually listened to and kind of knows and likes. Finally, you know, we haven't completely, like, grabbed him for the entire thing yet, so we'll get Nine Inch Nails to do the score to this movie, and that should pretty much seal the deal. Which, they're not wrong. Like, uh, uh, like, there was very little about this movie that didn't work for me, especially when I got into the mindset that, like, Ryan would be more of an expert on, on this period of Turtles than I I was. But this really felt like this was more of a love letter, kind of to the cartoon, but very much to the Archie, like, mutant animals era of the comics. Absolutely. Like, it, it was more about the the teenage part and the mutant part than it was about the ninja part. And that that's okay. The, the great thing about turtles is every, about like every five, 10 years, we get a new iteration. And if you don't like this one, 
you, you know, wait around for five or ten years and the new one comes out. Yeah. And they, no. they change things up again. Like the last one was very much aimed at younger kids and was more of a mystical, like, order sort of anime kind of thing. The one before that, which is the one that I think, like, all three of us really like, is the one where from 2012, where it's like kind of a combination of all of the things we like in Turtles. It was one yeah, very well that was the CGI movie, which was also pretty good, and was but it was them fighting like immortal god kind of characters. And then the, there was the, the next mutation was before that, and I don't think we. Oh wait, I completely skipped the Michael Bay movies. It's well, at least the better. If you, if I have said this many times on the show, if you would like to hear my full, uh, unadulterated review of uh, of the first Michael Bay Ninja Turtles movie, because I never went back and saw the second one, go over to our friends at Geek Hard, where I was a guest reviewer. Um, it's a lot of swear words. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Don't don't have young children in the room when you listen to that review, as I recall. It was a few years ago. I was I was actually so excited that the turtles were back on the big screen, even though it was the Michael Bay one, that we were at Disney World on a family vacation when it came out. And my family knew that it was coming out while we would be at Disney World. And everybody was concerned, like, Dad, what are we gonna do? So I said, not to worry. And uh, my wife actually just found today of all times, good timing, um, our movie ticket stub from the downtown Disney at the time, now uh, Disney Springs, the AMC uh, tw- uh, Cinema 24 Cineplex giant theater complex that they had. Um, so we actually left Disney World to go see the Turtle movie and then back to Disney World. Oh, my <laughs> God. I was not so going to miss it. <laughs> I didn't know they had a big big AMC movie theater there. Like, is it? It's part of like it's in that open shopping area for, of Disney, right? That downtown Disney or whatever it's called. I'm not sure if it's still or, open, but it was there. Yeah, they had one. See, so yeah, that's awesome. And that was the first place that we actually had uh, dinner while we watched the movie. We didn't have these up here at the time. Nice. I think it was 2014 or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Now Rex, I know like it. it I don't know if we've ever mentioned it on the show before, other than in our uh, our Patreon shoutouts. Uh, you are a big voiceover guy. You have done voiceovers for us and various shows on this network, as well as you're trying your best to break into that realm as a professional. Uh, what did you think of all of the, the voiceover work in this movie? Because it's very much... The turtles are voiced by like newbies for the most part, very young actors, and then we go into everybody else is pretty much a celebrity who's doing the voiceover work. So, like, what? How would you grade some of these guys? I, I'm never a fan of first choice big celebrity for voiceover. Um, I like when it's the character. I I want to go see the character. I've always been that way. Um, but the everybody was. Like they did great. Um, I, I I've learned over the years to you know let that go. <laughs> uh, but um, the the idea that they were un like relatively unknown teenagers voicing the uh, turtles, and from what I understand, the sequel's already in the works and maybe a series, and hopefully they'll get the kids to 
keep voicing them and maybe these kids will just go right into voiceover and not become you know on-screen uh actors which would be perfect because then it lines up with what i've always uh, hoped for um i was like the mario movie you, you can't tell me that you know chris pratt is bigger than mario um i think the original voice of mario would have been like obviously not the the same video game intensity level, but the actor uh, Charles Manet, I think he he would have toned it down and would have done fabulous, and the movie would have done just as good. So, um, but like the um, the Jimmy Neutron movie that was out, you know, before a lot of people, before my kids were even born, possibly I don't know, it was out a long time ago, but um, it it didn't have a lot of a listers, and it was a great movie, and it did good at the box office, right? So. That's that's always been one of my pet peeves. But that being said, I think they did great. Uh, like uh, Paul Rudd as uh, Mondo Gecko, he was great. I, I didn't even actually recognize that it was him at first. So um, mm, same. I didn't I didn't realize it was him until afterwards. And Brent, when Brent kept saying it, I was like, I'm like, oh really? Oh okay. Those are my favorites actually. Yeah. When the when the when the celebrity will do a voice for a character. Uh, because you have to be able to act for sure. There's absolutely no doubt. So they get the A-lister actors because they know that they can act. But I mean, how many times can I hear Will Smith's voice come out of a different character <laughs> or something mm-hmm. along those lines? I All I hear is the actor at that point and not the character. So it it pulls me back out of, oh, yeah, I'm sitting in a theater instead of sucking me into the movie. But, yeah, so I don't think it, all the kids have like small acting parts here and there like most of them have only had like four roles kind of thing um that that might be a union thing for all i know but uh the only one that's like done like a lot is uh nicholas Cantu, who's uh the who's Raphael in this movie he it was, was a on great choice yeah he's on walking dead world beyond he was on like 20 episodes of that he does uh, to your point in terms of like him doing voiceover work he's he's done a bunch of cartoon stuff too so he's on that uh skull island cartoon out of netflix he did eight episodes of that he's done dragons rescue riders uh family guy like so he's he's dabbled kind of in both worlds nice apparently there's a where's waldo show or there was nobody can find it yeah nice (laughs) (laughs) you beat me to it you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, and like the and like the the there's a couple d- different ones too that like they, they've all done a little bit, but um, I, I'm kind of the see this. Uh, we're getting into a whole other different subtopic. This doesn't bother me as much. Like having the celebrities for the movie doesn't bother me as much is it unless it goes to like because they were cast them. Like I kind of see it as a movie, right? However. If we have now heard that it looks like Amazon is getting a TV show that's connected to this movie, they'll feel like be the bridge between this movie and the second movie. And if all of those celebrities are not in that TV show, which I do kind of get there, it's more expensive. But then you like then if you have all these characters in it, not voiced by these celebrities, and then you go back to the movie and dump all those guys who have been doing like the 20 episodes or whatever just to do the celebrities again for the movie. That's kind of shitty. Yeah, <laughs> just totally. on a whole. That's kind of annoying. 
I know it like a gig's a gig, and but like, come on, guys. <laughs> I I agree with that on on both ways. Whoever voices it first, I like when they keep that person as the voice. Yeah, yeah. The uh, on a whole, though, I, I, this movie was great. Like it was, I I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. And like I said, it's it's nice to see a different iteration of the turtles. And this time they're they're working on like the mutant side. Yeah, um, so that that's and that's perfectly okay. I, I did look up a, like a couple of the other like smaller voiceover parts in it. So the one that I was wor- wondering about was Scumbug, the the one that doesn't actually have like. Real dialogue. You mean Master Splinter's <laughs> new uh, girlfriend? Yeah, um, that's that is credited uh, to Alex Hirsch, who's the main person behind Gravity Falls. Like he was like the creator and one of the main voiceover guys in it. But it sounds like they may have mixed like a bunch of people in it. But his is the only one that you can kind of hear. So <laughs> he's the one who gets the credit. Well, the, the the weird credit thing that I found interesting was, like, the, the like, you know, smaller, like, guys in the background and stuff like that. One of them is, like, is uh, David Faustino from Married with Children, the guy who played Bud Bundy. Oh, nice. Wow. Now, he, he has been doing voiceover work for quite a while. He, he's on Legend of Korra as Mako and uh, a bunch of other stuff. But, so it's not that surprising. But it, it did, I did find it kind of interesting. Kevin Eastman's also in there, too. Oh, yes. He was the first guy that went over to help the, the yep. turtles when they were uh, in trouble at that one point in the movie. And as soon as I heard that, I popped huge. I was like, yeah! People, everybody's just looking at me like, "What did I miss?" <laughs> it's weird. He does have like, if you know what his voice sounds like, it's very distinctive. I was at a, a con once, um, and it, I went to his panel, at, at Niagara Falls Comic Con, and the so I'm standing there, and the person in line to get in in front of me was Kevin Eastman, and there's yeah. a group of people in front of him saying, "Oh, this is gonna be great! I'm so excited!" And then one of them says. You know, I don't even know what he looks like. Like, he could be right here in the line with us, and I wouldn't even yeah. know it. Oh, my God, and, that's funny. Oh, and he, Kevin turns back and looks at me, and I looked at him, and I went, nice. And he just <laughs> kind of started to chuckle, and it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, but his yeah. voice is as distinctive as his look. Like, I mean, yeah. there's there's no missing it. So, And and uh, uh, the the uh, the turtle layered. Uh, and the Kev- and the Eastman High School, really nice tributes to the creators. Yeah. yeah. I have not I'm, met Peter Laird yet, but I have met Kevin Eastman, and that's uh that was a rush. I, I've I've been lucky. I've met I've met uh, so I've one of my uh, prized possessions, and and Rex, if I happen to uh, go before you do, uh, I will make sure in my will you get it. Is oh, thank you, sir. I have I have one of the uh, <laughs> no rush. Garage, uh, trade paperbacks of the the first six issues of turtles and it was like one of the first turtle trades that like i bought with my own money kind of thing i got it i've got it signed by both guys and they both sketched in it like just simple head sketches oh my gosh that is awesome yeah it's one of my my pride possessions of turtle stuff um but i've met both of those guys i met jim lawson and I met, uh, oh, I can't remember what his name is, but he ended up working on 
a lot of the action figure design and stuff, and he's the guy the personality of Michelangelo's based around. Oh, amazing. Uh, I can't remember. I did a panel with him. Super nice guy. Um, but, yeah, it's... I love the turtles and this is a good addition. So uh, I think, uh, I think from listening to our review, you, you pretty much figured out that we all liked it. Uh, I will sort of speak for Jen and the fact that like, I know she rather liked it too. So that's four of us. We'll, we'll see if Kevin gets to see it. Yeah. There was one more thing there that I really liked. Uh, I think it was in the, in the credits when there was all the different pictures showing up. And you see like the you know the turtles being drawn in different styles and different things, and like you see like the you know the very simplified way that we would all just like you know with the 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 nose the the ear you know the mouth with the you know with just like teeth on both sides of the smile type style that that kind of stuff popping up in the movie was great like those nice little throwbacks those like you know when you drew as a kid if you drew turtles you know, that was the quick way to draw a turtle and yeah. Uh, I, I like that kind of thing. Yeah, it was well done. So, yeah, go and see it, and uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll go see it again. I yeah, mean, I, I, you I, know, I, if I have for, to. For the record, this this is sitting at this is my uh, second or third favorite movie of the year so far. I I would I agree with that. Actually, I might even say it might be even. Trying to think of back of what I've seen, and I can't really think of. I know I've seen a ton of them. Oh, I saw Transformers. That was fantastic. Um, I saw a lot, and none of them are jumping beyond that one. So I guess it must be my favorite movie of the year. I wouldn't argue against you mm-hmm. on that one. <laughs> a fellow turtle fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so that brings us towards the end of this episode, which means uh, let's do geek picks first, since I'm still bringing up the Patreon list. Yes. Uh, who wants to go first? Uh, do you have a geek pick, Rex? I actually do. All right. I'm prepared. Perfect. I'm totally prepared. <laughs> so uh, beyond going and seeing this movie, uh, my geek pick is something not Ninja Turtle related. And I have to thank you, Brent, for this. You recommended that I check out Do a Powerbomb, the graphic oh, <laughs> oh, I Like, I, I couldn't put it down. I, it was page turner. It was so well done. I mean, I was, uh, and I haven't watched wrestling in a long time. I, I remember joking a while back when you said uh, you had invited me over to uh, watch wrestling with you guys. And, and I really, really, really want to still do that sometime because I think that would be a blast. But my first question was, is like, is Ricky the Dragon still intercontinental champion? <laughs> so to, for a frame rate, uh, a point of reference for how long ago it's been since I've been into wrestling hardcore. And the story, once I got over, okay, I was a little taken off guard by how far this story was going to go. Yeah. <laughs> but once I realized that, and uh, it didn't even really, it wasn't even like a speed bump in the reading. It was just, okay, next page, let's keep going. This is, this is really, really well done. So the art is great. The story is great. I loved it. So that's my geek pick. I, I know I'm it's been a geek pick it. of yours, but. Oh, that's fine. That, that like that, that's the, what we like to do here is promote good stuff. Yeah. The, the nice thing about it is because you like that one, you will like all his other books. Like, awesome. it, 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 or at least it, I'm pretty sure you will. Like the ones that I've read, 
Uh, especially Murder Falcon would definitely be up your alley too, because it's about a, um, a a guy who play has to reform his metal band because his music fuels uh, a intergalactic like bird person who does kung fu. I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> and that and his his artwork is just like amazing. I'm I'm really looking forward to. He's doing the uh, Transformer comic coming out from Image oh, at at the nice. uh, in the fall. Like he's writing and drawing it. So uh, like I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, I'm I'm getting it. That's it. I'm getting it. Every yeah. time we turn the page, I'm gonna go. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, do you have a geek pick going? I do. Um, right. So I just finished season one of The Foundation. I don't think I've nice. used this recently as a as a, as a geek pick, but it's a, it's an Apple Plus or whatever they're calling that uh, series. And season two just started. I think it's actually four episodes in, which I watched today as well. Uh, I just caught up on those ones, but uh, it's very it's very good sci-fi. It's in the far future. It's the human race is out there. They do actually at one point in their people are talking about the, that you know how history changes. You know the the victor makes the story, and that no one really knows where humans started. There's all these different planets with all their different religions and governments, and that there's the empire that's ruling them all, and and that you know so he kind of makes an offhand remark. You know, some people think we come from a place called Earth. And it's like, okay, cool. There's your connection. So really, so once upon a time, you know, that's our way. Or I guess you know, that's the far future for us. Um, there's a lot of time jumps in it. It's 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 hard sci-fi. Uh, so I liked it. It's very it's very well done. Uh, it's on the Apple Plus. Yeah, if you get a chance to watch, give it you know, give it a peek. The first few episodes are a bit, you know, it takes a bit to set up the world and get into it. But if you give it a shot, you'll get into it and you'll you'll blow through the season. Actually, when I was watching it, it made me think of that comic that I used uh, as a geek pick before, The Forged. I think it's, yeah. uh, is it, uh, who's, who's writing that? Is it Greg Rucka? No. Yep, Greg Rucka's yeah. writing it. And I, it I can't think, remember who draws it, unfortunately, off the top of my yeah. head. It, just because same idea, like the big sci-fi ideas, right? With these big empires and wars, and and it made me think of that. And I was like, oh, I haven't, I haven't read an issue of that in a while. I wonder when the, the next issue must be coming out. And I looked, and I was like, oh no, I haven't gotten an issue since May, and the next one's on until September. Crap. Yeah, yeah, that that one. And I want to say there was a gap between one and two as well. Yeah. I think there's been a gap between a few of them, but yeah, like between one and two and two and three, but it's you know, a big magazine size comic, or at least the most oversized ones and big, bright, you know, the artwork in it's great. There's like mechs and spaceships and alien monsters. And so that's a good one too. Let's go back. I've talked about it before, but yeah, no, the foundation. There you go. Foundation. Uh, so for me, my geek pick is actually the X-Men comic book from Marvel Comics right now. Mm, good pick, uh, good pick. So uh, as I have mentioned in other episodes past, we were, have been leading up to the point where uh, the X-Men start getting good. And how do they get good? It's when their lives go to crap. <laughs> that is when the X-Men comics are at <laughs> their best. And man, have things gone down the toilet for the X-Men in like two issues, basically. 
you'll you have to track down the Hellfire Gala one shot that came out uh, about two weeks ago or three weeks ago from this episode, and then the X Men are just kicking off uh, there. Basically, for the last little couple years. The X Men have been living uh, not quite a paradise, but pretty quick to, close to it. They have an island. They all live there. They're all getting along, like including the bad guys, um, like Magneto, Apocalypse. Um, the only one I would say not getting along with people is uh, Mister Sinister, sort of. And then um, basically, the people who don't like mut- mutants all gang up on them, uh, and a lot of things go on and it leads us to where they are now they the mutants are decimated there's a couple kicking around here and there and uh one particular mutant who i wouldn't have thought of it is going on a bloody rampage of revenge right now and it's not wolverine so um, interesting yeah it's been a really good read the last couple weeks so i would highly recommend uh taking a look at it uh beyond that we are at the end of this episode which means uh we give a shout out to our patreon members uh patreon uh, patreon.com slash true north nerds three bucks helps us uh just keep uh paying for things like hosting and uh every once in a while a little bit of new gear and paying for our theme song because believe it or not, we actually uh, believe that you shouldn't just rip somebody off. You should pay them for their work when possible. Uh, so that's what we've done there. Uh, so if you would like to do that, and uh, we don't have a lot of like extra benefits to being a, a Patreon. It's just kind of help us out, except I've started doing a Patreon only show with uh, my friend, Alex James, Alex Kruger from uh, the Composers podcast uh, at least once a month, and it might actually go. We're having so much fun doing it. There, there is the chance of bonus episodes coming as well, where uh, he and I talk about our love and nerdiness of music. The last episode was uh, about albums that we love that came out in 1997, which is the year uh, Alex and I met. And uh, it is awesome. Oh, thanks. Legit, I'm I'm not even that much of a music guy, and I love listening to this. They, so they, it's it's worth it. Thank you. Uh, the the next episode we're going to be doing is focusing on uh, compilations, like uh, big shiny tunes. So it's probably going to come up from Alex's side. Uh, I am already cheating <laughs> with mine, so I'll leave it there. But uh, thanks go out to the following uh, Patreon contributors, uh, Drew, Karina, Rhino Vision, uh, the aforementioned Alex, Team Woods, who is kind enough to set up uh, truenorthnerds.com, our nice little landing page, Mike Hammond, who does a lot of cool 3D printing things, and finally, uh, some guy named Rex. I know that guy. You know that guy? I've heard of him. (laughs) Is he a good dude? I think he's a good dude. He helps us out a lot with a lot of things. So, oh, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, for the end of the show, uh, Rex, I know you're still in the process of like kind of putting things together for your voiceover stuff. But is there anywhere people can check out like little samples or anything you got going yet, or is that still in the works as well? 
VoiceByRex.com is up and live, uh, and it's Ooh. more live than my current booth because I'm rebuilding to have a, an even better booth. Um, to uh, I mean, if I'm going to dive into this, we might as well dive in 100,000%. So, yes, VoiceByRex.com. And somebody actually pointed out to me, one of my voice coaches said, uh, wait, voice? You you do voices. So if you go to Voices by Rex, it'll now redirect you to Voice by Rex. And if I can squeeze... <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yep. So, and if I can squeeze one more VoiceByRex.com in there, I will. So there you go. <laughs> And uh, and like we have used Rex's services a couple times. Like I said, you'll we'll be hearing him at the end of this episode because he does our ending credits. He also does the opening uh, for uh, Tales from Collector Reverse and the closing. And the closing. He sends yeah. us home every week or every month. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I I I will fully endorse uh, using him. He is worth your money and time. If you need a voiceover done for whatever you need your voiceover for. Thanks, man. Uh, you're more than welcome, <laughs> Rex. I, do, I don't endorse people I don't like and they, aren't doing good work. And you I got to I got to jump in. I got to say I, the, the last voice place that I actually did a request for was at my son's wedding. And I was told that by my son and, and now my uh, my daughter-in-law that if I did not bring shaggy and scooby to my <laughs> speech that they were gonna riot and leave so i'm probably the only father-in-law on the planet that's ever done a zoics like hey scoob during a wedding speech <laughs> oh that oh that so reminds me i forgot to get a joke off on kaya today at work oh what we're we gonna do uh there was a guy who was i was talking to he, he's was asking me about mainly like cartoon based books and stuff like that. And I noticed he ended up uh, buying a Scooby-Doo comic. Yep. And this guy looked like modern Shaggy. <laughs> like, <Zoinks. laughs> like I, I, I meant to go over to Kai and like, so like, what's it like selling a comic book to the, the guy who's in it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want she me to call the store? Even and... got it. I don't know if she even knows who Scooby Doo is. Do you want me to call the store and be like, "Hey, can I get another copy of that issue?" <laughs> oh, that'd be so awesome on a Saturday. Unfortunately, <laughs> she's uh, she's leaving the store soon. Yeah. Well, we still have one more Saturday with her. Yeah. How much do we want to fuck with her though? <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyways, uh, thank you very much for coming on, Rex. It is very much appreciated. Yes, thank oh, I'm you. so happy. I'm so happy. <laughs> and we will we will try to – I actually have a another thing I'm going to probably bring you on for uh, later on because I came up with an idea while I was at work today. So uh, we will talk about that a little bit off air. But uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Ryan, for you being here and you doing the editing this week. Yeah, no problem. And uh, thank you, listeners, for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks. Uh, I think it'll be a little bit of catch-up, especially with uh, Kevin coming back from Vegas and the Star Trek convention he's at. And uh, Jen is going to definitely want to talk about the Barbie movie when she gets back, which I can understand because it was really good, too. So um, Until then, uh, stay safe and uh, happy, everybody, as much as you can. And until next time, stay. Take it away, me. Thank you for listening to the True North Nerds. You can find us at truenorthnerds.com. 
or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at True North Nerds. To contact one or any of the nerds, you can email them at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. Theme music provided by Kirby Crackle. You can find more of their music at kirbycracklemusic.com. If you like this show, please go to your podcast app of choice and rate and review us. Thank you.